Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. On this episode, we hear from Virginie, recorded in September 2022, a conversation of learnings from peer support, technology, being a manager, cultural differences, building your confidence, and learning to say no. All right, we're now recording. Hello, everyone. Noreen here today. I have with me Virginie. Virginie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for welcoming me. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, yes, so um, my name is Virginie. I'm uh, French. I'm based in Paris. Um, I'm 36 years old. Um, I've been in the hospitality industry for about, I would say, 12 plus years, approximately. Um, always been working in that industry, uh, especially within uh, hotels, hotel chains, and also like a bit of uh, agency side. Um, I'm now currently working with uh, CitizenM. It's been yeah five years and a half that I'm there, um, and I've always had a, a career path in uh, sales, sales and marketing more, mostly, um, in all my uh, in all my um, uh, my different experiences, uh, mostly focusing on B two B with uh, business development, account management, um, yeah, mostly. Okay, and so what got you into hospitality in the first place? So it's actually a quite a, a funny anecdote. Uh, when I was about 16 years old, uh, I won a trip. Uh, you know, I, I I had a, I just had a ticket that I that I yeah that I really discovered that I actually won a trip uh, in a club med, um, and uh, yeah, it was in in Martinique, which is a French island, and uh, yeah, it was for me the first time that I actually took the plane, the first time that I went, uh, you know overseas it was something really uh, that sparks a lot of stuff to me and also when I was in that club med experience I actually started to wanted to follow everyone uh, that is in the organization to understand how it works uh, you know how it is I was I was super excited about it and when I yeah I got back of this I really thought like yeah I want to work with uh, yeah in that industry I really like it also because I've always been passionate about languages, uh, speaking different languages, talking to different people. Um, so I think that's really where it started. Um, but I knew I didn't want it to be in operations though. I knew that somehow also following, I was more interested into, uh, yeah, as I yeah grew into a few years and all that, I really knew quite early on that I wanted to do more uh, sales um, and marketing. That was more what, uh, you know, attracted me. Uh, and also like really working internationally in an international background. Um, so that's how it all started. Uh, yeah, and obviously my, my dream was to work for Club Med, obviously, <laughs> which never worked so far. Maybe one day, we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was really what started it, I think. Amazing, that just a chance, you know, you won that trip and it just yeah, exactly. sparked a whole other career for you. Exactly, it's the karma. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And. And you said it was your first time that you ever took a plane and you went yeah. somewhere, right? You know, sometimes I I take flying for granted, you know, from three months old, I was flying, you know, my parents were always traveling, we were always like, 
moving around, you know, we, I lived in 10 different countries by the time I was, uh, sorry, four different countries by the time I was 10 years old. Yeah. So, you know, I just right. took it for granted. So being in hospitality was a very natural progression for me because it was that international multicultural, you know, dynamic industry that you just met people from all different parts of the world. But it also reminds me like how traveling is so important because it does like it, for you, it opened up a whole other world that, you know, wouldn't have happened if you hadn't had that trip or that experience and hospitality, travel, tourism, you know, it does all of that for yeah. us. No, absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's bringing you that chance exactly to, to be in that environment. Uh, it's true. But yeah, it's true that I was not in that environment until the 16 years old. Uh, so I discovered it pretty late somehow. Uh, but yeah, that, that was, yeah, that changed the whole, yeah, the whole dynamic because afterwards I was much more excited to, uh, to travel because uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, yeah, and a hint on it that actually sparked everything. Yeah. Fantastic. So when you got back uh, from, from your, from your trip, what did you do then? Did you then follow some studies in that or did you work? Uh, what was that journey like for you? Uh, so what I decided is that um, I wanted to do um, a business school, but a business school that would be not necessarily focused on hospitality first, because I, I, I knew that schools that were really hotel driven are more focused on the uh, on operations overall. So I did a business school that was global, but very international, though, um, for about so yeah it's uh, for about three years and then i spe uh, specialized in hospitality doing an mba specialized in hospitality so i did it like the other way around mm. and um basically um i did it always what we call in france apprenticeship mm. uh, so i always was working while i was um i was uh, studying so I was gaining experience as I was studying, yeah. which is something that actually I, I really loved. It was a rhythm of usually two days at work and three days at school, um, which is something that early on you get an experience that is quite valued on your resume because you're already in the world of the, you know, in yeah. the entrepreneurial, you know, world pretty on, pretty, uh, pretty early. Um, so that was something that also was also super important. First of all, it was for financial reasons. Yes, uh, obviously, uh, because the school, yeah, it, it, it helps in paying business schools that can be quite expensive. Uh, but I feel that today, even if it was not for monetary reason, just for the experience and for the, you know, what it brings to you in terms of maturity and everything, I will definitely recommend it. Um, so I started actually with uh, uh, an apart hotel chain uh, working for Adagio. Mm. Uh, and I was on the leisure part, um, actually, which is the smaller part because apart hotels are mainly focused on business. Uh, but yeah, the leisure part. And I was quite independent uh, because we were only two, my boss and myself. And I had a lot of responsibilities early on. So because it was a lot traveling. So I was really doing everything by myself, all the FIT contracts, everything. Uh, so that was also like confirming how exciting it was by, the, by this, uh, this industry and this type of work. And after that, uh, when I was doing my MBA, I moved on to the corporate side, uh, working for a chain called uh, Louvre Hotel mm. at the headquarters again. And I was a coordinator for all the key account manager, but this time more focused on yeah, B2B, the corporate side. Uh, so our relationship with, uh, with the companies from a, a company level uh, at the headquarters for all the hotels uh, that we have in the chain. Um, and it was yeah, a two years experience that ended up after uh, into um, an experience of a key account manager uh, that I continued with them, um, where I was managing quite a, quite a big portfolio of key accounts, 
uh, which, where we specialize for industries uh, and everything. So that was, yeah, that was how it started, you know, from the, it was quite natural. That's also what uh, the apprenticeship brings is that, yeah, after you finish your apprenticeship, then your, your step to find a job is easier. It's much yeah. easier. You already have experience on your resume. You already have kind of connections in the in the work environment you already have good recommendation there is internship that internship that happens of course so that happens as well but it's true that it's much more natural with an apprenticeship and in there because you've already been committed to a company for two years they have they they have also like they feel it's much easier to actually keep you yeah uh, because they invested so much in you that yeah it's it's natural to, to to continue and have an offer in that same company usually yeah yeah, no, there's so many things that you said there that's that's really resonating with me because that that gaining that experience while you're working uh, while you're studying is so important. I really miss that. You know, yes, I did my internships, but it would have been very different if I was working part time plus studying at the same time, because, you know, by the time you graduate, you basically have no ex- work experience. And yeah. in my experience, they value work experience. Exactly. More than That's they always do. a trick. Where was your, yeah, you're starting for, you're looking for your first job and they ask you, well, you know, what, what was your, your experience? And you're like, yeah, okay, but I'm searching for the first job. So yeah. that's complicated. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. There was actually a post I saw recently that, you know, if you're looking for an entry level position, don't ask for someone to have had work experience. You're exactly. asking for an entry level position. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think the other thing um, that connections in, in, in the workplace while you're working there, it's different from when you have an internship, right? I mean, one of the things that I probably should have done better is take, you know, keep connected, but I was still so young and I didn't really understand the value of, you know, keeping those networks and connections. But I think if you're going there on a regular basis, it's much more natural. And as you said, yeah. it's, then it's a natural fit for them to ask you to come back because, yeah. Yeah, you did an internship maybe a year and a half ago, but so much can change yeah. in a year or two years. And then yeah. when you're working, you know, alongside, it's, yeah, it's more natural to, to continue on. Yeah. Um, so then did you stay at Louvre uh, after that? Uh, I stayed about two years uh, yeah. in Louvre Hotel in that uh, key account management position. And then I actually, so I was also um, having a bit of more, so I, I did a specialization in my MBA in e-commerce. Mm. So I started to also like have the tech side, you know, that was a bit attracting me. Um, and it's true that I always felt like hotel chains at the time <laughs> were not necessarily the best at technology uh, and were a bit um, more old school in the way we operate. And I was attracted and I actually joined a, a, a TMC. So I joined an agency that was very more tech driven, uh, part of Expedia. So yeah, it's a different, all different world. And uh, yeah, I joined the uh, agency afterwards as an account manager, uh, where there I was managing a big portfolio of companies, the same. So it's still like corporate, uh, but I was having a much more uh, global view, a much more macro view in a way that I was uh, discussing with those companies, not only hotels but also airline uh, train uh, all their global spend basically and I had a much more consultative um, um, yeah role um, with them so yeah optimizing their spends finding new ways uh, to uh, uh, yeah to um, yeah, to, yeah, for them to optimize how much uh, money they can save, but how can they can travel better, how they can uh, 
um, have new routes that they can develop and do different, how they can have people stay in different hotels, uh, you know. So all of this type of stuff, uh, which made it, is made easy by the, the whole data that uh, you can have uh, within a company like Agencia, uh, with reports, with the business analysis that are, that are pretty heavily done. Um, so that was, yeah, that was uh, something that I learned a lot from, um, because yeah, this is this is quite a machine, uh, and uh, from a product perspective as well, uh, it's always moving. The product is always evolving. So I was really there, having my my tech side being fulfilled. Um, so yeah, it was the next the step that I took after after Louvre that really um, that really got me a lot. Uh, to mm. be honest, yeah, I learned a lot. And. You're right about the technology. I mean, I think this is something perhaps sometimes we forget as hoteliers, we're meant to be experts in taking care of the guests and having a great guest experience. We're not supposed to be also experts in tech and in data and in finance and everything, which is why then you need the experts in the world to then come together and work together to make sure it's a more holistic and streamlined um, experience as well. And you said you learned a lot. Was it more from the tech side uh, of the uh, industry that, or the technology side of things that you enhanced your experience or your knowledge or were there other things as well that you learned? So the tech side, definitely. But also I would say the, um, the, level, uh, the level of people and the level of the deals uh, we were negotiating. Uh, because when you are a hotel chain, you are part of... Um, of a hotel program within a company you are one hotel among you know different hotel chains obviously there's 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 money involved because when you are a high hotel a big hotel chain there's quite a lot of revenue coming in uh from that same company for example but if you are managing the global spend there are a lot of uh, um yeah of key challenges uh so the level of conversations you have uh, are much higher as well the the expectations from the clients are much higher and you have big RFPs that are taking place every three, two, three years, or sometimes one year. Um, so you always have to uh, to be super, uh, super careful and, and on a level of service that is super high. Um, because, yeah, your clients, uh, when, the, when you are in the middle of an RFP, it's quite a complicated and it's quite a challenge. Um, and, yeah, the level of conversations you have there, the level of, uh, of interactions you need to have and the level of... Uh, uh, involvement in making the proper offer for them, uh, in keeping them in your portfolio, because you, you, yeah, you, you don't want to lose the client. That's your, yeah, your worst uh, nightmare. Um, so that is that is what is more challenging, I would say, um, overall, um, the level of conversations. Because I was really talking to top management uh, in that regard. Because the, yeah, this is a this is a great deal. This is much more money. This is a yeah, much more of a challenge. This is also something that is implemented within the whole company that touches everyone. So you, the company has a big responsibility on that. Uh, you know, the development of a travel management uh, company within the within their their structure. Yeah. And what did you do to prepare yourself for having these conversations at, at such a high level? I mean, it was something that did you have any support or you were just said go do it <laughs> no I, I, actually yeah there's uh, so what i really appreciated at agency this was there was a lot of uh, peer support so we were a great team of eight about eight account manager in that same uh, yeah in that same um uh, you had different segments and i was in the segment of like five 500k to three million of of spend of the company um and yeah basically the peer support 
thought was great. So you could always ask uh, um, your, yeah, my colleague, I could always ask, can you review my presentation? Can you review my offer? I'm not confident. Also some, even some could come with you to the, to the, to the meeting if you were not feeling comfortable. We really had a, a, great, a great team dynamic uh, supporting each other. So there was not the pressure among the results and every, there was no fight at all. It was really, the dynamic at the time was really great uh, in that regard. So I actually learned a lot from my peer. Uh, at the time, and I really felt supported in that regard. Um, and also, yeah, your manager uh, was also, you know, pretty available, always challenging you in the, you know, your offer actually that you designed or something that you missed, an opportunity that, you know, that you missed for them to develop for more savings or stuff like this in your analysis or anything. There was, yeah, there was really a lot of support and it was quite transversal as well. So you could always ask support to different uh, um, departments. So I could ask support so the consulting team to do a deeper analysis if I was you know, feeling I was not uh, having the skills to be able to go even deeper, I could always have that support next way. So I think I learned over there as well that you know, you're not alone in your mm. you know, little silo. There's a lot of people out there you can reach out to and get knowledge and get help and skills from. Um, so I think that's what I learned a lot from, uh, from, uh, from the ex agency I experienced is that, that, yeah, you're not alone. You have a lot of people and you can really leverage that uh, on your day-to-day. -day. That's, uh, that's what I think it was the, the, best, uh, the best learning that I had from Agencia, yeah. Amazing, thank you for sharing that and going in a bit more detail um, on how to, how to, yeah, how to prepare yourself for one of those RFPs. And so from Agencia, did you go to CitizenM after that? Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I knew CitizenM way like for a long time uh, uh, because one day uh, Michael Levy, which was one of the early founder of CitizenM, uh, came to my to my school and did a pitch, and I was really like, one day I want to work for that company. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, um, I actually yeah I actually knew they would come to Paris at some point because they had two two hotel lined up. The one in La Défense, the one in Gare de Lyon, and I knew that at some point they would need the sales. <laughs> so, um, actually, the, the funny story is that when they posted the the, the job offer, I actually applied in the, within the hour, uh, and I was actually one of the, yeah. I think I was the first resume they got uh, because I was yeah I was I knew and I had I had alerts about it and uh, yeah I I really wanted to work for them. Um, so yeah, that's that made that was a match because yeah we I had a good experience, but I also had so much passion and will to work for them that yeah it worked. <laughs> so I actually joined the company as a director of sales for France, um, where with the opening of those two hotels, um, which I really um, again that was different from Agencia where you were an account manager, so many account managers. It's a structure, super big structure. But then you are one among others uh, and you are doing all the same job. It's pretty structured. You, you, know, you know what you, you have to do and everything. While at, at CitizenM, it was new market, uh, new market for CitizenM, I mean, uh, new hotels. And for once, I didn't irritate from any portfolio. I had to build the portfolio, which was much more than I, yeah, much more of an entrepreneurial 
uh, environment in that regard. Also, not a lot of people were speaking French, so you, I was central uh, to the success of uh, uh, of Paris overall in a way that for marketing, for brand-related stuff, mm. for the events, the opening events, for, for a bit everything. And then, yeah, I had to build everything from scratch in terms of sales, mm. uh, finding the new clients, um, uh, building the portfolio, the awareness, everything. Um, so that was something that I actually discovered in myself uh that entrepreneurial spirit uh that actually i really liked um and i was yeah i was really passionate about it so i could see that my day-to-day -day was you know going uh, going for it finding new clients just just being activated by that uh, animated by that uh, all day um so that's something that i've actually learned from myself because i didn't know uh, that i thought i was more you know, having a portfolio, following what I needed to do and having a, you know, a page, a blank page would scare me, but actually it excited me. So that's something that, yeah, I really um, I discovered as well with Citizen M. And then I had the chance then being, yeah, being such, such so much involved, so much passionate and, uh, and having so much fun that, uh, yeah, I had the chance to, to grow within the company as we grew as well, as we grew as well, uh, opening more and more hotels and more markets. And I'm now leading the, the European um, sales team, so the, all the director of sales in the different countries in Europe. Well, congratulations. Uh, that's a really great um, journey that you shared. And, you know, it, you're right. It's thanks to you that, you know, Citizen M, Citizen M has been successful in France. Like, I think language is such a big component of it in many markets across Europe. And it's so important to, to play to your strengths and to then, you know, the company will then also benefit from that as well. Uh, and... But as you've grown and grown into those positions and having a larger team, what new learnings have you had? Um, well, I would say that you're, yeah, when you start leading a team, well, it's a different job, obviously, uh, because when you, are, when you are used to, to, um, to manage clients, you have a lot of external interaction. Yeah. So you're a lot outside. You're a lot having a, uh, yeah, interactions with the clients, uh, a, lot, a lot of meetings, a lot of calls. And everything, when you're leading a team, everything shifts internally. So yeah. all, your, all your focus is more internally within the company. So for your team, but also as you are a manager, you're involved in much more um, topics, in much more uh, meetings. So... Yeah, what I, I actually discovered is that, yeah, your world shifts towards the, the, the internal side of the company rather than the external side. Even if you are responsible for those, you know, for this piece of business that is coming from yeah, the external, from your team, but it's really shifting towards that, towards that, that internal involvement and also in your internal presence. So you need to be much more uh, visible, much more uh, interacting. So again, what I discussed about agencia not being in your uh, in your silo, but really discussing with all the departments. That's what happens a lot when you are growing, uh, you know, as a as a as a as a leader of a team uh, within a company. That's that's something that you need to be okay with because that's two different uh, different jobs uh, yeah. basically. And um, the skills you can learn, but it's also like what attracts you more. Do you, are you attracted with spending your time actually more uh, internally, more with internal, uh, you know, internal stakeholders rather than your external stakeholders, basically? Yeah. 
so that's something yeah that's that's key when you yeah you need to like that yeah I completely agree and I saw exactly the same thing as my career moved and changed and I started building the team my interactions was spent so much more on the team with them and being their leader being their manager and guiding them and being their mentor coach however you want to call it and to also for my own career to grow I realized I needed to spend more time internally because externally they're not going to be the ones to promote me yes they're going to be the ones to give me the reach my targets or get my numbers or you know get me the information that I'm looking for but internally it's building your presence building those relationships and yeah I found my time spending so much time on that area towards the you know latter part of my career than I did at the beginning and it's a complete change you know I was perhaps at the beginning more technically savvy and then I had to give all of that up (laughs) as I became a leader and then I had to kind of develop other skill sets as well to then continue to grow and develop into that position also but I find it tricky because also you still want to have those you know if you are filled you know filled kind of you, you loved that field interaction you know you loved that for me so many years that I always try now to still find the balance and still do a bit of that um, because I feel it is also important to mm. externally be you know be engaged so it's part of a bit of more networking I would say yeah. but you know you need to be also present in the market yeah. you need also to have that those uh, more technical interactions because also that technicity changes with time so yeah. you you want to you don't want to lose that that you know that knowledge that you had because you also want to have good interactions with your with your with your team so i always try and find the balance uh somehow because i yeah i also maybe i miss a bit that part uh, yeah. you know uh and i, I always want to make sure that i have those external interactions as well um but yeah it's a question of balance um to find um yeah i would say I agree. It's just, yeah, it's how do you find that and and make it your own and at the same time gives, you know, opportunities to your teams that, you know, they may not have had without your guidance as well. Um, And obviously, you know, you've been with them for five and a half years, so that's proving to be a success. And yeah, I've loved the Citizen M brand from, from, you know, from for as long as I can remember being first introduced to it. And um, I had a really great event yesterday at the property in Zurich, uh, the Inspire Roundtable for Women. So you yeah, do have some really great properties. Yeah, no, they are nice. Yeah, it's true. It's nice to work for a nice, uh, yeah, for nice properties. That's definitely, uh, you know, very nice. <laughs> and I mean, does in terms of selling the property, because it is quite a unique concept, or it was definitely at the you know the early days, and I've seen definitely a lot of brands come up um, fall, subsequently um, afterwards and kind of emulating a lot of what Citizen does. Um, you know, when you first sort of started out and you were introducing the brand to to the French market, did you have any challenges? Was it easy to sell? What was that experience like for you? Yeah, French was, I think, the first market that, that was more challenging for uh, for Citizen M um, because the I think the UK market, uh, you know, orig- so Citizen M being originated from the, from uh, the Netherlands, uh, mm-hmm. I think the, the UK market has a bit of that similarity, um, a bit of yeah, I don't know, the, the approach is a bit similar. Yeah. When you come to France, uh, we're a bit more traditional somehow uh, we also have the language barrier that plays a big role um, because everybody wants things in French 
uh, they want to interact in French and we were not set up like this. We are really central in the way we operate. Um, so that was something that we discovered along the way and I had to prove that it was, uh, it was something that would help the business if we have much more tools in French, people that speak French, that will help uh, in making sure we are successful in the market and that we have uh, you know, more, business, more business coming in. Uh, and also because I would say that the, yeah, the, the, the concept itself, it's much, it's much more, um, yeah, Anglo-Saxon type yeah. of, uh, type of, um, um, yeah, concept, uh, while in France, we're not used to that. Or we have some brands that are very, that are French, that have a bit of a similar approach, but they will be the French one, part of our core. So then yeah. the French one, the French people are much more leaning towards those uh, those brands because they know them. Um, so yeah, I would say that in terms of brand awareness, that was that that, that was the, the most difficult part uh, to actually also convince internally, rather than only converse, convince you know externally people to come to Citizen M. That was also all the work that I had to do to convince internally that. Yeah, I know we want to we want an approach that is global uh, because we are citizen M and we do things centralized, but we we need to tailor made a bit for yeah. some markets. So that's a bit, and I think it's the same for Switzerland, uh, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think that's the that's the the, the challenge that I had. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think you know having worked in an organization that was also global and wanting everything centralized, it was also a bit of an education to understand that in different parts of the world you do need to approach things differently like so for example in japan you know in china you have to do everything locally yeah. right it's just not possible to put things out in english same in south america and then within europe for sure france spain italy it's yeah, yeah, yeah it's always better yeah. when it's in the local language whereas the northern part of europe you could probably get away yeah. with english but also, you know, just having people on the ground who understand your culture, your language, it's a much better conversation um, than it yeah, is. Yeah, it facilitates everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It makes things a little like a lot more faster, a lot more, yeah, less difficult, less misunderstanding, less, yeah, all of that. Yeah. Uh, well, throughout this conversation, you've shared, you know, a lot of your learnings, you know, being in technology and making connections and, you know, having that global experiences and, you know, having those conversations and then learning your love of being an entrepreneur. Was there anything else that you feel like you've learned along your journey so far? Um, well, that I think, you know, you need to, as a woman, you need to have confidence uh, that I think that's that, that I've learned uh, that you, you start your career, you're a bit, you know, hesitant, you're less, I was not confident when I started and I've, yeah, I've learned to grow that confidence and also learn to actually set my expectations uh, a lot more. So knowing, you know, somehow what I'm worth and what, you know, what I can, uh, well, I can be asking uh, of people in general. I think that even if I was in sales, I had a bit of that, you know, yeah, not confidence at the beginning. Uh, and now I'm much more, yeah, it's growing as you grow with maturity, uh, as you get older, it definitely grows. And I think that that makes it, you know, doing your job much more comfortable. And I've learned to say no. Yeah. Uh, which at the beginning is so difficult because you are in the hospitality, you are a service person, you want to say yes to everyone. But at some point you learn that by actually saying no, 
it makes you, you know, even more focused on what you have to do instead of being diverse, you know, uh, going in all directions. So by saying no, you're actually making yourself a lot of services. And so, you know, like you, you're helping yourself. Um, and I've learned that, uh, yeah, actually quite recently, not that long ago, that, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, um, something that protects you and makes you more focused. That's the, that's what I would say is the, one of the key learning. Yeah. Yeah, no, those are two things I can definitely resonate with. My confidence definitely took a while to build up during my career. And it's not something that you can, you cannot start with. Like you said, with maturity, it just comes with time. It just comes and then you grow into it. And yeah, those learning those boundaries, saying no, saying yes, you know, asking for things. Also something that we talked about yesterday at the Inspire Roundtable is, you know, don't be afraid to say no, or don't be afraid to ask for things that you want and yeah. that need that you need, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll move on to my final question and ask uh, who inspires you. So I don't have one person. Uh, that's always the, that's always a difficult question because I think also that changes with time, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say that. Um, you're inspired by, I'm always inspired by people I work with. Uh, um, so I'm, I could say, for example, my ex-boss from Louvre Hotel, from there's different people that I'm still talking to and I'm always inspired by them. Um, I would say that usually it's women. So that's a reality that usually that's more what I will get my inspiration from. Um, but yeah, I wanted to say that actually, for me at the moment, you are an inspiration. <laughs> so that's a bit, no, but that's true because I, yeah, you took on a project, you're going with it. Uh, you're doing this, uh, these interviews, you're doing all of that. And I think that's, well, like uh, at the moment, I'm really inspired by people that develop their own project that really go with it. I would love to have a side project that I really go with it and I go 100% of it. I know a few people actually also uh, in France that had, did the same one person that actually developed a podcast and, uh, and now she has so many interactions within different, uh, different, um, um, different industries. She, she is now a registering on the um, uh, uh, a radio uh, chronic every every week and I think that is something that I really love that actually people that you know they inspire me when they take on the project and they actually go with it that it doesn't stay at the idea mm -hmm. level but it goes with the execution and it goes to that level and it grows and I think yeah I really like that because then people are usually so much fulfilled in the when they do that um, that I think at the moment that's what inspires me um, yeah, so my reply is that. <laughs> thank you so yeah. much. And thank you. I mean, these kind of things also help me to keep going, right? No, I no, mean, absolutely. I think yeah. It's, you're right. You know, it was an idea for such a long time, but, you know, to be able to do this, and you're absolutely right. The level of fulfillment that I'm experiencing right now from doing all these interviews, the podcast events, and, you know, hopefully more in the future. Yeah, it's, it's given me a different level of satisfaction that I've never really experienced before. And you know, as the project grows, you know, it brings all the stuff that brings all the stuff that, yes. you know, now you're doing the round tables. Now it next, you know, in next, you know, few months is going to be something different that comes from maybe an interactions you had. It grows yeah. naturally. And that's what I really like, um, you know, and I'm, yeah, I'm inspired by that. So thank yeah. you. Well, thank you for your support. And also thank you for sharing your story with us today. No, thank you very much for uh, yeah, having me. It was great. It was a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here 
and on LinkedIn where I post videos of the recordings. Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality. Thank you.